I'm Barb Demaray, and you're listening to What's Next? Conversations with Boomers. I recently returned from a two-week trip to France with my good friend Nancy. A week of that time was touring the Alsace region of France by bicycle, something I'd never done before. In fact, I don't even... I didn't even know I was up for it. So I decided for the first episode of season five. Can you believe it? Season five. (laughs) Yes. Five seasons. Five seasons. Congratulations. So I decided for the first episode of season five, I'd share my story. And my very dear friend, Lorna, who regular listeners will have met her from the last episode, suggested... I asked my friend Yost Bacher to interview me. Yost was our guest on an episode a while back talking about still working full-time after age 65. I hadn't even thought of anyone interviewing me, but thought I'd ask Yost and he was up for it. So here we go. Season five, Barb. God, you must have been exhausted and needed a holiday office. <laughs> We do we do take breaks, yeah. Anyways, I understand uh, you've been lucky uh, to be away after uh, COVID, and uh, you know I found myself musing a bit about that and where you chose to go and so on. So, just to start, I mean, how did the idea of a of a European bike trip come about for you? That's a really good question. I don't really know. Some some came out of somewhere. I've, I've watched a lot of YouTube videos of bike tours and thinking, you know, that doesn't look very hard. That looks pretty chill. I think I could do that. And yeah. look at all that beautiful countryside. And um, my sister had done a bike tour in actually in the same region and, and she really loved it. And Nancy had done many before. And so um, I thought about it and Claire and I, my daughter and I were going to do it. And then COVID came along and she got a job and then when it was uh, okay for us to travel, I approached Nancy, and um, she was. She said, "Yeah, she went." And then I said, "Are you sure you want to come with me?" She's an avid, avid cyclist. In fact, she doesn't own a car. That's her main mode of transportation. So, um, and I'm a complete novice. And anyway, she she was up for it. So that's that's how it started. And. Um... I understand you don't drink at all. So, you know, choosing the Alsace region was part of the agenda, I could imagine. Yeah, the, and the Alsace district is famous for their white wine, and I am yeah. a white wine drinker. Yeah, yeah, from what I'm led to believe, you and Nancy have known each other quite a long time. Uh, I don't know how many years, but it goes way back, uh, as I understand it. Uh, to tell, tell us a bit about uh, this, where, the nature of your relationship, and yeah. How how long you've known each other? So we met in 1986. We were both working at the same preschool at a preschool called Small Talk, where kids with language delays came. Nancy and I stayed in touch since from 1986. She moved to a different preschool. So yes, that's how far our friendship goes back. So we usually get together, you know, a few times a year. And since my husband died, we have been seeing a lot more of each other because we're both single. She is divorced and yeah, okay. that's the story. Yeah, interesting. I, I was just curious what it was like uh, traveling together 
in Europe? It was it was really good. It was, you know, I'd only been used to traveling with my husband, and we did many, many trips together, and then my daughter, and traveling with a friend is really different, because this is a person you've never spent 24-7 with, and you, you are exposed to, we you know, each other's habits, rhythms, perspectives. You know, there was a lot of it that we we were completely united. We would be traveling, you know, cycling through these vineyards and various places and just, you know, both, oh my God, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. And I kept saying, Nancy, she was ahead of me. Nancy, Nancy, I'm going to stop, take a photo. And it was, And then, you know, we ate in some incredible restaurants and that was really fun. Sometimes we, you know, everybody looks at life through a different lens and sometimes we did see things from a different lens. But uh, that was fine. That's life. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. No. And, and, and as you mentioned, I mean, you, I understand you, you, you traveled a lot with uh, your late husband, Serge, uh, over the years. And, yes. And uh, I gather he was often the organizer of such expeditions and travels. So I, I'm really curious uh, now that you, you are uh, single and on your own. Um, what, what did what was it like to plan this? What did you discover about yourself as an organizer of travel? <laughs> well, okay, I am the former wife of, I don't know, I'm the widow, I'm the widow of yep. a master, master planner. Uh-huh. Serge, as you know, was an architect and, okay. you know, detail was everything, planning was everything. And he loved the planning as much as the trip itself. And he was I gather, so... I gather architects are good at scheduling. and <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Right, gotcha. I mean, you know, there'd be charts and graphs and, well, not graphs, but there, I mean, it, it was so, it was so impeccably organized. He loved doing it. And so given an opportunity to do this myself, you know, I'm going to do things differently than Serge. I, I'm not as organized, but we had everything planned in advance. The hotels were booked. The train, I booked all the trains. We had booked tours in advance and, and, you know, we did it. And Nancy was also used to traveling with her husband, who was also well-organized. And like my husband, also spoke French. And this time, we, we had to fumble along with our own French. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes I'd be, you know, in the in the train station or in an airport, and I'd want to say, Serge, look at me. Look at me. I'm doing it. I'm here. I'm, you're not yeah. with me. I'm here. I, I, I got myself here. So yeah. I hope he was watching. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Just, but, but in terms of uh, obviously, uh, this had to be a slightly more negotiated uh, travel, and you and Nancy agreeing generally where to go, hotels. Was was that a, a, an interesting process, or there was an easy alignment of Actually, your various it, interests? It was quite easy because Nancy volunteered to plan the organize the tour. And she did it through a company called Utrex because she had used them before. And she said, okay. this is where I'm comfortable. So um, I said, sure, why don't I book the hotels? And she said, sure. And and I said, while I'm at it, I'll book the trains. And, and so she just said, sure. And then she booked, she said, I'm going to book a tour in Lyon because we were in Lyon for two days. Yeah. And then she volunteered to book a tour in, at the, in Montmartre in, in Paris. Okay. And I, I said, sure. So that was really easy. We And we f- felt that, you know, we had divided the respo- the various responsibilities yeah. up equally. And um, yeah, and also the money was no problem. We, neither of us are 
you know, nickel and dime kind of people. She paid, then uh-huh. I paid, and then I paid, and then uh-huh. she paid, you know, that back and forth, and we didn't really, you know, get too no, I caught hope, up in uh, I hope you both had a not dissimilar palate and like similar things vis-a-vis food. Yeah, yeah. Well, Nancy is a gourmand and and, uh, knows a lot, a lot about food. And she was able to read the menus um, more than I could because she knows all the English words for, uh, you know, everything. And so, you know, she taught me some things. Um, But yeah, in, in terms of the, you know, the restaurant's, we we decided together and that worked out really well yeah this sounds good what do you think yeah let's go there and you know we did we really liked going for a glass of wine after these long days and uh same thing or we'd sort of walk into the village and let's find a place this looks cute let's go there so that that so i mean as i said earlier i'm not sure whether this was a bike tour or a wine tour but maybe (laughs) you were highly connected um so we did like our wine we didn't you know we were responsible yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, so um, I gather uh, on, on this bike tour, you uh, decided to uh, take an e-bike uh, as your uh, mode of uh, bike travel. So tell us about what was that like, uh, you and an e-bike? I did take use an e-bike. And, and, and for that reason, I feel like a bit of a fake that, you know, I don't want to be admired for doing a bike tour on an e-bike. Because of course, you know, climbing hills, et cetera, is a lot easier. But my, I'd, I'd only used a e-bike once before, and it was in Spain, and I really didn't. I didn't even use the the electrical part because it was completely flat surface, and it was only, I don't know, three hours or something. But this was very, very different. I had to use all the features, and I had to figure out the gears, what gears went to the features, with the you know, the different levels of power. Yeah. And it was so incredibly heavy. Uh-huh. And I apparently the battery that was on the bike that I was using was about 25 pounds. So I had to take this battery off every night and charge it. And even yeah. just carrying this battery. And so there were times when I had to, we were going up a steep hill and I really didn't know what gear I was supposed to be on. Yeah. And I was pushing this thing up the hill. Oh, God. Yeah. <gasps> but I, but I did, I did catch on, and then it was, then it was really cool. Look at me, I'm, you know, going up yeah. this hill effortly, and I've figured out this silly thing. Great. No, and I, and I understand you're, uh, you're, you're, you're fairly slight in proportions yourself. So <laughs> that I am. Yeah. Five pound batteries here and there, I'm sure, must have been a, an interesting challenge. Oh, it, it was really challenging. And honestly, yeah. at the last day, I, I said to Nancy, I'm going to be so happy to give this thing up. I, it's just yeah. Yeah. so heavy. And there there are lots of times when we were in the towns, we'd be having to draw, cycle on the road. For Nancy, it was nothing because yeah. she does this every day. I don't. And even though there were bike lanes, yeah. it would freak me out when there was a lot of traffic behind me. And and really, I mean, it's not like we were in Paris. We, they were small towns. But And then I, I, I thought, God, get me off the road. I just want to be on the sidewalk. And then I have to lift this. Damn so, it's, 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 so, so the bike, uh, the bike lanes in Europe, they, they accommodate both uh, the manual bike and the e-bike. Or? I do. <laughs> no, yeah, and I have to say that it is, it, it, and I don't know. I mean, certainly we discovered this in France, but 
the um, cars give the right away to bikes all the time. They're very, very, very accommodating. I couldn't believe it when I when people were slowing down for me, yeah. waiting for me to cross the street or whatever. I and I could I could sense their frustration. Get going! Get going! Yeah, I'm yeah. waiting for you. Yeah. Get my and I'm just oh. So did you, did you guys have a Canadian propensity to carry little Canadian flags on your paraphernalia, or how did we all did that work? not? Good That's a good question. We okay. didn't, although, um, as always, I've been to Europe several times, and when people know you're from Canada, oh, Canada, oh, <gasps> and then because we spoke a bit of French, then are you from Montreal? No, we're not from Montreal, we're from Vancouver, and just about everybody's heard of Vancouver, and, and um, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, Vancouver, oh, and we'll be right back. So just, uh, I mean, partly, I mean, I, I get a sense partly it was bike tour, but it was also partly just touring and being in different cities. And uh, I'm just curious what uh, your impressions were of these different places that the two of you visited and your experiences there. Well, you're constantly reminded how young Canada is, is these places, you know, all the the architecture is hundreds and hundreds of years old, and it's nothing like we have here. And that's just always interesting. The streets are so narrow. A lot of them are cobblestone. A lot of them are very, very narrow, but still they have a... I mean, the kind of street for us wouldn't even be... wouldn't even have a name. It'd be, you know, it's an alley. But it's an actual street. Yeah, it was just really fun, you know, cycling into these quaint, charming villages. We would just be... Oh, Look at this! Look at this! Look at this! Were, were there any uh, particular towns that you really were struck by, or places that you were struck by? My favorite city uh, on the tour was the city of Colmar, which was absolutely lovely. It was the second to last stop, and I loved it. It was. We had a beautiful, we had an incredible meal there. It was right on the canal where swans were swimming by. And we had this amazing dinner and that started with a foie gras that was like velvet. So that was really fun. It was just, it was, it was big. It wasn't a village for sure. It was bigger. Yeah. I'd never heard of it. Um, but of course, you know, Paris and Lyon were, I mean, it was a totally, it was like two separate trips because they were so different. Yeah. We were not cycling in Paris. We were walking, um, and I love I love the French way of life. I, I I well basically the European way of life. I love their I love their uh, focus on leisure and how they yeah. take time to do everything. But there were a lot of tourists uh, out and about, or uh, oh yeah 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 you 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 see, I mean it was like COVID did not exist. Okay, understood. Yeah. Interesting. Um, just uh, just just on uh, COVID, I, I was curious what your sense was of uh, how people perceived it, how they reacted, how they responded to, to it uh, compared to your experiences here uh, in Vancouver and in BC generally. Well, it was really funny because, of course, when we arrived at the airport, everybody in Vancouver at YVR it was masked. And we flew Air France. We got on the plane. Nobody. Well, we I think we counted four people or something. 
And there was one flight attendant that was masked. Nobody else was. So, of course, you do what everybody else is doing. And because I was, you know, thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be, uh, you know, I don't know how many hours in the air all, all together. Um, because we, we flew to Amsterdam, stayed in Amsterdam for a couple of hours, and then we, then we flew to Paris a long time wearing a mask. So when we didn't see, and the same when you're, the restaurants, the gatherings, the, the uh, train station, absolutely nothing. The only time that we took a little um, train tour of Basel, because we ended the tour at Basel, Switzerland, and there was a little open train and that just sort of took you around the town with a little recorded tour explanation. Right. And the guy was wearing a mask and he gave us hand sanitizer. That is the one and only time that there was any indication of COVID. And it, it, well, that's probably because he knew you were from far and away with the peculiar practices of far and away. I, <laughs> suppose, I suppose. I mean, you know, there were people from all over the place on this little yeah. train and, yeah. um, yeah, that was, that was, you know, he, he, you know, came up to us with his little pump of sanitizer and we both said, gee, this is, yeah. Anyway, but, you know, it, it, you see that, okay, certain people choose to mask and other people don't, but mostly, we right. we figured maybe 1% or less of people in the yeah, in, yeah. in total were masked. So, so you, the, the, you had a sense it's quite different attitudinally. Totally. Here and there. It's like we were there in 2019. Gotcha. Anyways, um, another thing that uh, I became aware of, I gather, uh, you left on your trip with uh, just one suitcase and came back with two. So obviously, <laughs> what the hell happened and what led to this? Well, we both decided we were just going to go with a carry-on because of all the horror stories of luggage getting lost in airports. So let's try and fit everything into a carry-on, and which was, which was a challenge in itself, trying to pack all this stuff, including a helmet. Anyway, we did it. And then as soon as we started, you know, window shopping and wandering the streets, I said, Nancy, that was a stupid idea just to bring a carry-on. I mean, we can't buy anything. Earrings, a scarf, that would be about it. So anyway, I said, look, I'm just going to get another bag. I'm going to get another cheap thing, and we'll put all our purchases in there. And, and that's what we did. No, I, I mean, I know it's been a, a long time since you last traveled, but... Uh... I'm imagining, uh, yeah, you know, there's things and fashions and things that are unique and striking that might catch one's eye over there. You certainly don't see people walking down the street in their Lululemons or, or you know, comparable kind of clothes at all. Right. There's just a lot of things that are really different. This is not clothing related, but you do not see people walking down the street holding a cup of coffee or eating their yeah. sandwich or they don't eat on the run. Right. They sit and sip their drinks and eat their food very slowly, usually sitting outside looking at, you know, they sit side by side facing right. the street. And I love that. And yeah. Nancy and I did the same. And, you know, we, we ate many croissants uh -huh. Good. for our uh, petit déjeuner. So I, just, just apropos of that, um, Obviously, this was a huge opportunity for you to work here, French, which I gather you're a regular student of French. That I am. Okay. Good. But do not get the wrong impression from that. Okay. So, anyways, it, was, it sounds like you were able to navigate the manner in which you needed to. 
Yeah, we used it a lot. We used it every day, many times a day. And uh, I can certainly ask for things and I can sort of engage in a a simple conversation. The only problem is, is that people respond to you. Yeah, yeah. That's tough, isn't it? You're completely lost. So you have to get really well, you know, really be able to say, uh, je parle petit peu français. Yeah, yeah. S'il vous plaît, parle lentement. Yeah. And and then yeah. um, and what's really funny is that you know if you walk into a store, you walk into every way, bonjour, 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 yeah, and and you you say that um, they know immediately that you're not French. Yeah. Can I help you? Uh, yeah. Hello. Yeah, yeah, How yeah. are you? Understood. <laughs> then, Understood. You know, Nancy. Oh shoot! I thought we. I yeah. know, Thought yeah, we had yeah. it. Just uh, as we're nearing the end here, I'm just. Uh, Curious what uh, you think the takeaways and memories will be for you from this um, adventure. I mean, I know it will take time to settle in, but what, 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 what was striking and what, what will stick with you? Well, certainly the doing a bike tour. It was it was something that I had never, ever done before, or anything remotely like it. And um, my children both said they were proud of me. So yeah. I, okay, nice. that's nice. Yeah. And... Yeah. Um, there, there were times when I have to say it was it was challenging. We we encountered torrential downpour, but I did have a raincoat of sorts. Uh-huh. Nancy, yeah. Nancy did suggest to me that I bring a raincoat, and I said, you know, I don't even have room for a raincoat, and it's been so hot in Europe. If it rains, it'll just be a sprinkle, and then it'll be hot. Well, that was not the case. I definitely needed a raincoat. So she took this large plastic bag that she had, and she said, I'm going to make you a raincoat. I'm going to cut out, you know, holes for her neck and arms. So I put this thing on, and perfect, okay, and that's what I wore. And it did yeah, yeah. it did keep the my upper body dry, but this, going through, we were about an hour and a half plus through this absolute torrential, torrential downpour. And I just was laughing to myself. I thought, this is just hilarious. I mean, there's nothing I can do. I just have to get through this. And But this I will remember. Drive, you know, cycling through this torrential rain. Nancy does it all the time. Yeah. Anyway, I I hope, I'm not sure if it came, but this impromptu, raincoat came back with you as a fashion item or not <laughs> you know what we ditched the we ditched the plastic bag raincoat all right um but we do have photos and um nice. we did entertain a few people onlookers yeah. that were chuckling at the raincoat um but oh. it did the trick it was it was, <laughs> was great we actually had two days where it was raining for a par- portion of the day and uh-huh. and and I, I thought I can't, I can't complain about this. I can't be mad about it. Here we are. There's nowhere to go. And I suggested to Nancy at one point, why don't we go into a dick and go get into a restaurant? Yeah. And yeah. dock into a restaurant. And uh, she said, no, actually, it's it's no because you're, you're soaking wet and you just have to get on the bike again. And you know we just have to. Anyway, there there are yeah the bike tour itself and uh, the restaurants and just just figuring out the logistics of traveling and i i I said to nancy you know people that have never traveled overseas it it, it's it's daunting all the the planning and and the negotiating like like the paris airport is like a city yeah it's it's i had booked a hotel for us the last night to be close to the airport and um 
we we took a, a taxi to the to the hotel. I thought it was so close that it'd be walking distance. Well, it took a, the guy about fifteen minutes to get to the hotel. I thought, oh my god, this isn't very close. Yeah. But it took that long to get out of the airport. It, it it's so huge. There's a, yeah. there's m- multiple terminals, and we had to go even to, even to somewhere different for our gate. So. People that have never, I, you know, I think about people from a really small town landing in Paris. I, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a challenge. It's, it's daunting. Yeah. My, my last question uh, for you would be, uh, so are there any uh, future travel adventures that you have been cooking up? Not at the moment. Okay. I, you know, I love, I love France, because, partly because I absolutely love the language. I love the way of life. There's so many parts of France that I've never seen. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'd like to plan another European trip for next year, somewhere, uh, somewhere different. I don't know. Anyway, so far, I'm, I barely got over jet lag. So, so you, okay. So you've been back about a, a week or so? Or? Yeah, just over wow. a week. Yeah. Oh, I know another thing that, that, yeah. that I have to point out. So when we were, when Claire and I were traveling together she has an uber app and uses uber all the time and i'd never used it before and so she would be calling up an uber all the time oh my god this is so easy this is great you don't have no money exchange and they're there in minutes so i thought i'm i'm gonna get an uber app we've got to we've got to get on to this because serge would never ever use stuff like he just absolutely loved public transportation and so when we landed in in Paris, Nancy, we're getting an Uber. We're I'm I'm gonna tap this app, and we were so glad we did. <laughs> so there was a few times we used Uber, and I was just so happy that I had it. Uh, yay Uber! Shout out to you to Uber. I'm glad you ad- ended this with an ad. Uh, <laughs> you know, especially you know the revenue needed to start season five. I mean, this is really important. So. Yeah, shout out to Uber. Yost, thanks so much for being willing to come and interview me. And it was it was great. And I don't get interviewed very often. So thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for asking. What's Next is written and created by Barb Demeray. It is produced, edited, and engineered by Mella. If you like the show, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you stream your podcast. Thank you for listening.